It is the year 2022. We are in the month of June, and Rafael Nadal has won his Slam number 22. Perhaps putting end to all debate on the greatest of all time. But right now, I have uh, two gentlemen with me. One is a gold medal winner from Commonwealth and uh, Asian Games, Somdev Devarman, uh, who is a well-known, also tennis commentator. The other, also well, very well-known. Tennis commentator and former Davis Cupper, the captain of Billie Jean King Cup team, Vishal Uppal. Vishal, I'll start with you. Um, has Rafael Nadal put an end to all debate on the greatest of all time? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm biased towards Federer, so but yeah, definitely. I mean, what he's done has been incredible. Uh, I think more importantly, the dominance he's shown at French Open that has put the fear of Clay in many many a generation, um, and I think uh, in my mind he will go down as one of the greatest sports person of all time across all sports. I mean, from what he's achieved, it's incredible. The longevity of his career, his performances, and you know, more importantly, his never say die attitude. I mean, that's something people can really learn from and you know really look up to. So I think yeah, definitely one of the greatest. Uh, but yeah. So let's hear you on this. Uh... I mean, for me, the thing is, is that as of right now, it's hard to argue. It's really hard to argue. Uh, not just obviously the numbers. Uh, that's what's you know uh, front and foremost. But uh, I mean, 22 at 36 years old, 14 times at Roland Garros, every single Slam, twice. Um, I mean, the only second guy to do it uh, is is uh, the only other guy to do it is Novak. But I think. The problem is, is that the, the debate doesn't end here and now. The, the debate ends when everybody hangs up their rackets. Uh, at least the debate for this generation. And uh, you know, when it comes to Roger, I mean, I think we'd be optimistic to say we'd be hoping for more. When it comes to uh, Rafa, at this point, at least for this year, he's not the favorite anymore. I don't think he's going to play Wimbledon. I don't. I don't. I. I'll be surprised if he competes at uh, New York. Um, and uh, in terms of Novak, I think he's still very close to his peak. I don't think he's falling off yet on any of the surfaces. So yes, as of right now, it is Rafa. But I think there's still a few more chapters in this book before before we put an end to it and before the next generation of tennis players comes about and starts winning slams. So uh, I mean, right now he's the goat. No problem. Of, absolutely no qualms about that. Argument in that. Yeah, no yeah. arguments whatsoever. Vishal, uh, you know, I was reading somewhere that Rafael Nadal had said uh, during this tournament he had practically had to put, practically put his foot to sleep to be able to go through the rounds that he went through. Just tell us a little bit about what does it require for a player to go through that kind of pain um, to be. Winning a slam. Well, I can only tell you what a mere mortal feels like when, when you're hurting. I can't tell you what Rafael Nadal goes through. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, we can only we only hear how much pain he's in, and he's taking all these injections to numb the pain and stuff like that. But you know, for him to come out and run the way he runs, and for Ooh. him to work hard the way he works hard, I think they really need to do some serious. Um, you know, research on his body and how he recovers so fast. There has to be some secret formula to this because you know, I mean, the last thing I remember was Pete Sampras at Wimbledon when he had shin splints. We remember that he didn't, uh, you know, practice on the days he was off because he was just resting his leg. He, 
so that he could just compete in matches. Uh, and and for Nadal to do what he does, it really has to be a case study. How does he manage to recover the way he recovers? Because if you look at all the other players, I mean, whether it's an Andy Murray or you know, it's a Dominic team now, younger younger guy, they're struggling. Once they've had an injury, they're struggling to get back into it. And Rafael Nadal is one week he's like I'm doubtful for the French Open, and the next week it comes out and he beats everyone black and blue. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's unbelievable what he's gone uh, through physically, and that's why I've always said that his will is far greater than his but skill. Vishal, here's my question: Do you think Rafael Nadal always underplays French Open? He never comes out and says he's the favorite. Yeah, I think there are a lot of mind games that he plays. Definitely, you know. I mean, even before the finals, I read a statement where he said, uh, "I'd rather get a new leg in, uh, you know, instead of winning the final." I'm like, okay, then go get a new leg. <laughs> I mean, there are there are these mind games that he plays. It's it's year on year. So now, literally, every time he says, "I'm injured, I'm hurting," I don't even take him seriously because I know he's gonna he's gonna I know he's gonna come out at French Open and he's gonna run like there is no tomorrow. So. So, uh, I heard you um, saying on the telecast, on the broadcast, that uh, people who have this kind of foot injury, they perhaps also have to undergo amputation. And Rafa, with that kind of injury, he's going on running the way he's running. Well, so the injury is bone necrosis. It's not an injury. It's a it's a chronic situation that he's going through. It's bone necrosis. Euler syndrome is that what it's called? Yeah, it essentially is. Um, you know. The bone marrow in that part of his foot is dead. There's no more bone marrow. That so there's a probability. I'm not saying it's a possibility, but there's a probability in in such cases. And I checked with some doctors. I checked with uh, uh, you know a few of the physios and uh, on the tour as well. And they said that uh, you know the pain is so severe. And the, and the, so here's what we have to understand. While he's numbing his foot with anesthetics with painkillers with whatever he's numbing his foot with the problem doesn't change we're just masking a problem it's it's the same as cortisone when you have an injury and you use cortisone you you feel less pain but the injury is still is the injury still exists so in rafa's case the foot the problem still exists but we're masking it with painkillers so he's essentially making it worse and worse and worse and that's the choice that he's making because of his will to compete and his will to win and this is the only way he can play because in rome we saw him play without painkillers and he looked like a completely different player so yeah, and he's he also one of those pain. he's also one of those players that does travel with his doctor so um you know when you uh, when you're talking about uh, the, the situation that he's in there's a possibility that people with this uh, with this issue a lot later in their lives they have to go ahead and do that um mm -hmm. now obviously keeping in mind that you know while saying that rafa is going to have the best doctors he is going to be you know ahead of the schedule he is going to do everything he can in order to uh, live the most normal life but the problem is is that he's damaged it so much that he can't currently practice if he's off painkillers uh so i think now he's from from what i understood from him his team they've now taken a back seat obviously they're going to go on a well deserved vacation but they've taken a back seat to now see what's the most beneficial thing for not for Rafa Nadal's career anymore but for Rafa Nadal's life uh, for him to have a pain free life for him to continue being active when he's done playing we know he loves playing football we know he loves playing golf uh, he loves being outdoors he loves being on his boat so for him to have a high quality of life what's the next thing required and it's honestly very similar to 
uh, what Roger has done with his knee. Um, the first time he came back, uh, you know, he had to undergo another procedure again. And now when you ask him, he says, well, I'm 40 years old. I'm, you know, it, it's, it's much more about me living a healthy life with my kids, being able to play tennis, enjoy being outdoors, going hiking, things I like doing. So I think now that he has achieved this, it's going to allow him you know, that time, that well-earned time to make those kind of decisions and uh, so that's why I, I do, I, I won't be surprised if uh, if we don't see too much more of Rafa. I, I do think the end is nearer now than it ever has been. Um, Vishal, would you say that pretty much this year is the last year that we will see these two on the circuit, uh, Novak and uh, Rafa together because we've all already seen Novak and Rafa together in French, not in Australian. We don't know what happens in the next two. And we also don't know whether uh, Roger Federer ever returns. Well, a generational shift is definitely happening. Uh, whether we're going to see Nadal uh, you know, carry on much longer, uh, like Som said, uh, is something that we'll find out uh, in due course of time. But uh, Novak definitely looks pretty damn good to go on for a few more years. Uh, he's, I mean, he's looking fit, he's looking sharp. and. Most importantly, he doesn't have the same injury issues that uh, Nadal and Federer are, uh, you know, uh, facing. So I, I think uh, definitely a big generational shift is coming. Uh, tennis is going to be at a huge loss with the, you know, uh, with these guys going into the sunsets of their career. But at the end of the day, there is a lot of new exciting talent also coming up, and they, they, in my mind, may not reach the greatness that these three have reached, uh, but they'll definitely keep the sport pretty entertaining and alive. And particularly the men's draw, I mean, if we look at the men's draw, it's just so competitive. It's ironic we are talking about uh, Nadal's foot here, but the man who hobbled out of the tournament was Zverev, who was giving some uh, real high competition, Somdev, to uh, uh, to Rafael Nadal. And I, I, for once, thought that could have turned out to be the best match of the tournament. Yeah, it, it really was. A shame it ended the way it did. You don't want to see anybody uh, in that kind of agonizing pain. I mean, that's excruciating. I think most tennis players have probably felt that at some stage um, in their career. I know I did as a junior, not not luckily not when I was uh, when I was playing. Um, good news and bad news, obviously. Bad news for Zverev is that I thought he was playing about as well as he possibly could have played, not just for that match, but also in his win against Alcaraz. I think he played simply phenomenal to to beat Carlos Alcaraz in, in the kind of form that he was. Um, in the next match, I mean, all you can do as a tennis player is put yourself in the right positions. He was up a break, sure broke back, but then he was up 6-2 in the breaker. Unfortunately, didn't close that out. Sure, Rafa greatness, but from the Zverev perspective, is he disappointed? Yes, but he put himself in a position to win. He didn't close uh, and, and he needs to work on that. But then, bounced back unbelievably well. Uh, he was, you know, I thought he was playing better tennis than Rafa was, but Rafa was using, you know, different parts of his in intangibles, his game, his experience, uh, you know, in Philippe Chartier to, to find a way to claw back, which he's done so many times in his career. But from a Zverev perspective, I think that would give me confidence. The only thing I would be worried about is, um, you know, if, if that ankle injury uh, will be a problem later on in his career moving on. Um, I, I hope, I certainly hope it's not because from what we've seen, he's really taken his game to the next level. Um, I mean, he's got Hugo Gravel, who uh, was a uh, physio at the ATP Tour, who's his personal physio. Who's So, uh, in terms of, I mean, he also put out a, a message that said, uh, no bone has been broken, which is which is mm. very good science. It's just a ligament, a ligament tear, ligament strains. 
uh, I mean, it's not great, but I mean, you will take it based on, you know, we, we thought it, if it was broken, now we're looking at eight months. Uh, but now that he's given us that it's a ligament there, we're looking at eight weeks, maybe there's a small chance in my opinion that he is back for New York. I'm not sure, but at least, at least um, knowing, Zverev, knowing the team that he has, the resources that he has, they're going to be very aggressive with rehab. Um, and I, there's a small chance that he's back in New York. So, good news and bad news, the only hope I have for him is uh, hope this injury doesn't play into the way he's moving for the rest of his career. Vishal, for the interest of my listeners, could you please tell us what, how the injury happened? Because, you know, there was no, um, there was no replay that was shown uh, by the replay cameras. I, I believe uh, the replays were shown at the court. To me, who just saw it one time, it looked like his, his foot had got stuck in the soil. Could you just explain what it was and how did that fall happen? Yeah, I think Rika, he went to, you know, while he was trying to slide for the ball, I think his foot got stuck and he just rolled over it and his entire body weight, uh, you know, fell on top. I think, I mean, I went through exactly the same thing in 1998 uh, at the national championships and I remember how painful that was. I was out of action for four months uh, post that. Uh, I had uh, ligament tears, bad ligament tears and it really, uh, you know, uh, put me back by four months. So, I think it, it's a nasty injury, uh, no doubt. It's a very nasty injury, but again, uh, Science has improved a lot. Uh, you know, healing technology, healing methodology has improved a lot. So I'm pretty sure that they will be very aggressive with it, like Som said, and they will make sure that he's up and about, um, you know, uh, as soon as possible. Uh, to my mind, if he had a fracture, he should have been parting, but he's got a ligament there, which is far worse. So I think he's going to take some healing, he's going to take some rehab, but rest assured, it's, it's nothing uh, too untoward that he can't come back. Uh, you know, it might take him two or three months but again when he comes back the big question will be how soon does he get back being match sharp and match fit I mean you know we're seeing guys like Dominic team and stuff really struggling to get back on the tour because the tour is so competitive so I mean that's a big question we'll have to wait and watch uh, but I think uh, like Som said he's got great physios great doctors around him and he'll be back soon uh, we spoke about the semi-final match let's talk about the final and uh, here Casper Root has in fact made a joke about being Rafael Nadal's uh, victim. Uh, so, what would you say of the moment when he broke Rafael Nadal in the second set and Nadal quickly comes back and it, it feels like, it almost seems like he, uh, that moment uh, when he was broken, he just couldn't accept that he was behind in the match. I mean, th there's a crazy stat about Rafael Nadal. Um, when he gets broken at Roland Garros, about 47% of the time, so about that's half sad. the time, he breaks back in the next game. Um, for me, that stat is absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, keeping in mind, it was 1-3 when that happened. What's next? He wins 11 games in a row. So, yeah. this is the kind of, this is the kind of uh, pressure that you know, Rafa puts on his opponents. They have to play, well, two things have to happen if you want to beat Rafa. They have to play absolutely mind-blowing tennis. They can't miss. You know, they have to go for it and they have to execute. If you leave the ball half short, Rafa is hitting a forehand. If Rafa hits too many forehands, it's trouble. It's trouble. And uh, over here in this match against against Rude, it's just a matchup. Tennis is tennis at the end of the day is all about matchups. Um, it's all about the intriguing matchup. That's why I thought it was so great to see Zverev because the matchup for him versus Rafa, um, 
it really works out because he has a massive serve. He can hold serve and he can attack with that backhand which he likes to lean into. Kasparov is a very different player. He's much more of a David Ferrer kind of player who loves running around, hitting his forehand. Um, but he doesn't have a great. Doesn't have. I mean, he's got a really good serve, it's, but it's certainly not. You know, among the top ten in the game, and his backhand is certainly not among the top twenty in the game. So it's just about patterns. Uh, we've seen Rafa destroy players with one-handed backhands uh, on the finals at Roland Garros. We've seen him beat Roger. We've seen him beat Team. We've seen him beat Stan. And of course, great double-handed backhands in, in uh, uh, you know Soderling. I know he lost to him once, but even Novak, uh, including this time, including last year at the, at the finals as well. So. Uh, two years ago at the finals, excuse me. So, you know, once Rafa figured out that this matchup was, you know, so much in his favor, he didn't he didn't really have to uh, get away from Plan A because Plan A was working. In in the uh -huh. first set, he started strong. He went out hot. Once he was ahead, yeah, did he get broken? Yes, but guess what? He broke back again. Um, then he and and once you found a button where you can really trouble your opponent. In this case, Kasper Ruud. I don't think Rafa needed to do a whole lot different. He said, this is my game plan. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, I don't have to beat you 55 different ways. I, I, I'm successful beating you one way. And one of my greatest strengths is to have the mental ability to engage, to lock in and continue doing the work that I do. That's what's made Rafael Nadal so great. And um, for me, it's just amazing to watch that he can do it at this age and, uh, and battling through injuries as well. But honestly, Casper Ruud, Great tournament. Anybody who makes the finals of the of, of any slam or any tournament, really. Unbelievable tournament, unbelievable season. Just too bad you're up against Rafa and he was right. He's not the only victim. Well, in the but end, you know, I'll have I, to… I, I yeah. just, yeah, yeah, just want to add, add quickly to that. Was that I felt Casper Ruud had lost the match even before he entered the court. You know, because if you watched him, his body language wasn't there. His if you looked at him, his mentality wasn't that he believed he could beat Nadal, let alone, you know, you know, give him a good fight. I mean, even when he played really good points, I remember one point in the match where he ran and uh, picked up a drop shot and came up with a very good angle. He was almost apologetic to Rafael Nadal. He was apologizing to Nadal. I mean, you're in the French Open final. Come on. So, I think I think Casper Ruud didn't believe in himself. No matter what, he did not believe in himself. And you need all the belief in the world if you want to play against Rafael Nadal. And if you fall short by even 0.1%, you're not beating this guy and I think I think also Vishal, there's a history between the two him having gone to the Rafael Nadal Academy and in the end he said but, thank you but, to Nadal but, for that but, but but Rika what you have to also know about athletes and sports persons are they are desperate to beat their idols they look forward to beating their idols I mean you know growing up as kids when we would play with our dad our dad being our idol our first our first plan was to try and get be, beat our dad you know so every top athlete wants to beat his idol for, Ask anyone who's growing up, Som will tell you, he wanted to beat all his seniors all the time, me included, because I was a little ahead of the curve from him when he was a 16-year-old. So, you know, you're looking to beat your idols and for for Casper Root, this was probably the biggest opportunity because I don't think he's going to get another one. Okay, in the end, I'll have to ask the both of you, starting with Vishal, your most favourite shot of Rafael Nadal. Mine is the drop shot. I mean, uh, well, I think his biggest weapon, his forehand. That I mean, that's a thing of beauty. You know, I've seen a lot of coaches really insisting a lot on, you know, technique, technique, technique. So for me, I think, I mean, every time you watch him hit a forehand and the way he controls and commands the point with his forehand is a beauty. 
I mean, even against Zverev, you know, that set point down, he just ran down from what eight, ten feet behind the baseline. He comes with a short, you know, foreign short cross court angle to pass him. I mean, it's he comes up with some ridiculous stuff. What about you, so? Hard to disagree with Vishal, but since he said the forehand, I'm going to try and find something different. <laughs> um, now, um, you know, I think one of the most underrated things in sport is to be able to do the exact same thing repeatedly over and over again and do it like it's like it's new. Do it like it's you know something that that something that you're doing for the first time with the same kind of intensity and the same kind of focus and the same kind of concentration. So, uh, you know, I've, I've read a lot about uh, Rafael Nadal. You know, one of his idols is also Tiger Woods and both of them share this similar trait is, uh, is their mental tenacity. Their ability to forget things that have happened and only focus on job at hand. And job at hand is how do I find the best way to win the next point. So, yeah, his drop shots are great. Um, his forehand, obviously, in my opinion, the greatest shot in the history of tennis. Um, and but I think the mental tenacity is something that I enjoy because he there's no off switch. When Rafael Nadal yeah. is sitting on the bench, he's still focused on his water bottles. When he's when he's you know lost a point or won a point, he still cleans the baseline off with his foot. When he's about to have a pre-serving motion, uh, he's got his. His, his routines that allow him to focus and concentrate on exactly what he needs to do. So for me, uh, being a tennis geek, being a tennis nerd, being uh, somebody who loves watching the intricacies of the greats, uh, I, I just can't get enough about how well he uh, concentrates and focuses at every moment through his entire career. Well, Soman, Vishal, I hope that we keep, uh, we are able to see more of him because he's promised uh, to uh, the Philip Shachir audience that he will keep coming back. But only time will tell and the, uh, probably the medicine that he gets to have and uh, the diagnosis of his foot injury. Thank you very, very much for joining me on the chat.